Welcome to 50% with Marcel Combs, my good friend and mentor. I'm DeAntha Gratton, and on this podcast, she will travel a journey of leadership with each guest as she analyzes the ingredients that lead women to their current role. Marcel's goal is for you to walk away with tools to support your very own journey, no matter where your current destination is today. Hello, Deantha. Hey, Marcel. How are you? I'm, I'm good. How are you today? <laughs> you know, I'm really good because we're going to talk about another person on a podcast, and <laughs> that, they're just more fun to listen to people's lives and journeys and leadership. I yeah. mean, it's exciting. I just had it said by a young woman we interviewed that um, it was encouraging to listen to everyday heroes, mm-hmm. and I... I think that, you know, if we think the things, the people who get our attention versus the people really out there working hard that, that never get lots of attention. Every day. But, of course, this is not one of them. <laughs> this is Brenda Teal. She's, she's done lots of things mm-hmm. um, on, in broadcasting yes. and had some loss in her life uh, as a young woman. She lost her mother and... Mm-hmm. That was a struggle. I, I asked her what her advice to her younger self was, and she said, don't sell your Disney stock. <laughs> That's pretty good advice, I would think. Absolutely. Um, but the other thing I think you just pointed out was uh, not to be so driven by your career that you miss the joy. Yeah, absolutely. Don't miss the journey. And uh, she's got a great story and journey to tell us. So uh, that's mm-hmm. wisdom right there. Absolutely. For sure. Well, let's go. Let's go to Brenda. And now just a word from our sponsor. And now back to our show. Today I have Brenda Teal, uh, who is just the most delightful woman that uh, I've heard speak on stage and and wandered through many of her recordings, and she is a mother and of of three boys, or three men, I would say. Yeah, they're men days. now. <laughs> <laughs> so I just welcome you to 50% with Marcel Combs. Marcel, so glad to be with you. How are you? I, you know what? I am great today. The sun is shining and I'm breathing and those are two really good things. Absolutely. Can we, can we tell everybody where you are? Yes. (laughs) I wasn't sure if I could tell that part. Today, I actually, while I'm working, I'm at a John Maxwell uh, leadership event for one of his nonprofits. I'll give him a shout out, Equip that is really equipping leaders uh, across the world. And so I had the honor and privilege to be here in Maui. Um, So as I look out, my view is a little different than my normal one. Not that I don't love Texas, but it's a little different today. Where where are you today, Brenda? Oh, don't even go there. (laughs) (laughs) You're sitting in Maui and you really, what compares to Maui? I don't know. Definitely not Argyle, Texas. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, I am. I'm in Dallas, Texas, and it's actually a a wonderful day today. And you know what? I'm the kind of person where if I wake up and I'm in my good health and there's the sun shining, I'm a happy, I'm a happy camper. (laughs) So, but Maui, I do love a view. Ah. Oh, it's, it's, I saw the ocean this morning and that does my soul good. You know, Brenda, I was, I always start out our um, our interview with talking about your journey, and I pretty much let anyone just decide where they want to begin. 
and and where they want to walk through. But I know people are really excited about hearing what your journey is. So tell us how you got um, from where we want to begin to where you are today. All right. Well, thanks again for... I don't know, considering my story worth sharing, oh, you know, it's interesting cool. because I'm, you know, my career has always been as a news host, news anchor. And so I've been in the interviewing position and yes. never really consider my story as being interesting, but everyone else's story is more interesting. <laughs> and so to talk about mine, I'm like, well, um, <laughs> So from Los Angeles, California, and then the best thing my mom could have done for us was moved us to Fresno, California. In Los Angeles, of course, I grew up in what's called South Central LA. And but when I was a young girl, it was a nice, beautiful, middle class, well manicured homes, you know, kind of neighborhood. And I knew the neighbors, my parents knew the neighbors and we could play in the middle of the street until the street lights wow. came on <laughs> and we knew to be in, in at home. We didn't have cell phones then. Yeah. <laughs> it, was when, yourself. <laughs> it was when dinosaurs roamed the land. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. so we moved from uh, Los Angeles to Fresno. And I do think that that set my life on a different trajectory. Uh, Went to school at Howard University in Washington, D.C. and studied broadcast journalism. And so spent several years in Washington, D.C. working in and around the market, worked in Baltimore uh, on the assignment desk, uh, worked in Washington, D.C., as a writer, and then decided, okay, I don't like the the cold so much anymore. (laughs) I'm going back to sunny California. (laughs) And, and did. I was blessed with an opportunity at a station there, and I was a um, writer. And gosh, I covered some really great stories. Uh, I was there when Magic Johnson announced that he was HIV positive, and so I was able to get oh, an exclusive wow. interview with him. Uh, it, it was during the Rodney King riots when Goodness. we started work that day at 2 o'clock. Uh, the verdict came down at about 8.45, 8.50, and I was the lead writer on the nine o'clock show. And so I had 10 minutes to turn that story uh, with accuracy and objectivity Goodness. and void of any emotion, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so of course you, you meet your deadline. You don't, meet, you don't miss your deadline. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so at about six o'clock the next morning, okay, remember I got there at two o'clock in the afternoon, about six o'clock the next morning, wow. uh, I, I leave the newsroom to smoke filled skies and the national guard mm. standing out on the corner. Of course I had been writing about the happenings in the city mm-hmm. of Los Angeles all night long, but all of a sudden reality hit me in my face. And I'm like, wow. wow. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so that was that. And um, then along my journey, I uh, moved back to Fresno and helped <laughs> to care for my mom uh, who mm-hmm. had been diagnosed with a terminal illness and the Lord blessed me with a position uh, on TV because that was her hope and prayer. My hope and prayer was to, <laughs> to one day be a, a producer for 60 minutes because that's one uh-huh. of my favorite shows. Wow. Uh, so uh end up being a weather anchor and it was hilarious, Marcel. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was hilarious. Oh I was so bad. <laughs> I'll have to see if I can find it. Oh, gosh, please, no. No. (laughs) That was terrible. And so I was probably the one person who ever went in front of the chroma key screen uh, with note cards, you know. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yes. 
<laughs> and in the moment I'm thinking, why didn't I listen better in geography? Why? <laughs> where, where is South Dakota? <laughs> Oh goodness! I I understand that. I I always think that's a big challenge for me to know where, where I must have failed in geography. So that was my humble beginning. But I remember coming home that first day when, of course, yes, I was I was really mad. And my yeah. mom says, "You did so good! Oh my gosh, you're which, which her oh. words gave me the the hope mm -hmm. and the courage to go back another time." You know, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. she believed in me. I was able to believe in myself just long enough to get better at what I was doing. So that's that was the first part of my career of right. lost my mom, made her a promise that I would go to that I would take care of my younger sister. Mm. My younger sister had an opportunity in Las Vegas. The Lord opened a door for me in Las Vegas. Uh, I was miserable there, went out <laughs> <laughs> to the desert. Wow. And hollered out, I'm like, okay, uh, I, what, what's next? And, and what is true is that I had this huge void in the middle of my heart. I lost my mom and it was like somebody had ripped out my insides and mm -hmm. said, okay, now keep functioning as you always have. And, and I, I was desperately um, sad. Mm -hmm. And so the Lord blessed me with an opportunity to come to Dallas. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I've been in and around here ever since for, you know, more than 20 years now. So that's my story. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, Dallas is a is a good place to be, I would say. Uh, of course, spoken like a true Texan. You know, I, I was kind of wandering through some of your bio and looking at some of the people that you had the opportunity to interview. Uh, one was, which I, I've never met personally, but I did have, you know, have heard him in person a few times speak as President George W. Bush. Yeah. Uh, what was that like? As uh, I would assume you were a pretty young woman. I'm still a pretty young him. woman. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, you are a pretty young woman. <laughs> but let's say you were younger. Right. Uh, younger. Right. Uh, maybe earlier in your career. That's, that's, that's probably right. more politically correct. Let me that's say it. that. That's um, it. Yeah, I was. Uh, he was not yet president. He was okay. governor and he okay. had not yet announced that he was going to run for president. Yes. And so, again, dating myself. Um, and so we interviewed him at the governor's mansion in Austin. And it was exciting for us. I remember that because we had this interview, you know, this opportunity mm -hmm. to sit down with the press. Well, gosh, who would the man who would one day become president? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and so I, I did not take the moment lightly. Uh, mm -hmm. And he was just delightful. Mm -hmm. Very, I mean, just as other friends who know him well have described him to be, and his wife, uh, Laura, just very hospitable mm -hmm. and accommodating. And I did not feel intimidated in the moment because of his grace. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Yes. So, so, but yeah, as a governor, I certainly could have shrunk in that moment. But it was like, okay, let's sit down. And, and I felt like, gosh, well, I wouldn't say Oprah, but maybe somewhere below that. <laughs> somewhere well, beneath. Or Oprah. Right. <laughs> nor, nor I assume you haven't. I certainly haven't achieved her financial uh, wealth. Oh, oh, gosh. You know, and I really marvel at her success. 
Um, But I think what has been key for her is that she's had good people around her. Uh And I think that makes all the difference. One thing that I heard her say before, and it was, I don't know how to be a TV host, she said, but I know how to be me. And that's what Uh she endeavored to do every day when she sat down to host, you know, her show. And that's something that I embraced uh, as a news anchor, news host, uh, TV host, rather. I always just try to find my authentic self. And it sounds really Mm -hmm. easy, but when those cameras are on and you've got someone that you're interviewing, you can forget what your authentic (laughs) self is. It's like, wait, who am I? Who am I? Right. (laughs) Because at my core, I am a blue jeans and baseball cap wearing girl. (laughs) So so this audio interview is perfect for me because I don't have to have on a face today. Oh, so, girl, I, yeah. I understand. If you heard me say I walked on the beach this morning, I was I was just saying it's so good not to be camera ready. Yes, that, yeah. that's worrisome. Yes. I, I also saw, which I, I think is really interesting, especially in the day and age we um, we live in as female leaders, that you have been a judge for the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Um, so so tell, tell me about that. What a privilege that has been. I have been uh, invited to, to be a judge for the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders uh, for, gosh, about 20 years now. Mm-hmm. And it is really amazing to be a part of that organization for the days that we are there judging. It's a three-day event. And you've got hundreds of beautiful women from across the world who come and audition hoping hoping for an opportunity to wear those famous boots. (laughs) They're they're iconic in the Smithsonian. And, um, And so we're looking at these beautiful women and deciding between who is more beautiful, more you know, who's the smartest, because we're really looking for the whole package. Uh But you say the word leadership. We're also looking for that quality in those candidates. So we do go through their resume. We're listening to how they represent themselves because they are ambassadors for the team. Uh And so we want to make sure that they're smart um, and poised and caring and some of these girls have the most amazing stories uh, and you want to sit down and have a conversation with them. And that's what we want. We want to choose women who the fans would want to sit down and engage with, who, who want to know a little bit more about or, or take a picture with. But I think the biggest takeaway for me in the years that I have been given the privilege to judge is sitting with uh, Charlotte Jones and Kelly and Judy at the, during our lunch breaks. And we get into some of the most wonderful conversations. And one of the things that Charlotte said to me, you know, whenever that was, however many years ago it was, she says, you know, Brenda, it was always wonderful to be in the room with her dad as he was making decisions because she learned how to make business decisions. And so even as our children are around us, sometimes you have to think your decision-making out loud for their benefit. Mm-hmm. You can process it quietly and on paper, 
But what a blessing to them to learn from you how to lead. Now, let's back up to me growing up in Los Angeles and in Fresno. And my mom sent me out the door uh, to Howard University with a one-way ticket. Oh, wow. With, without the a internet. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yes. A long way. No internet, no FaceTime, no cell phones. You know, that was when you call collect, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and just right. hung up as soon as she answered. And so she knows that you made it there safely. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but she sent me out the door, Marcel, with do good, baby, and you won't be denied. Mm. Just do good, do get, get good grades. But that wasn't really all that I needed to know. So I get my first job in Baltimore, Maryland, and all of a sudden I'm introduced to the politics of the newsroom. <laughs> oh, you mean there's politics in the newsroom? I, I had no idea. I was ill-equipped. And they don't teach you that in the classroom either. I was yeah. e equipped as a journalist, but not as not to navigate a, an office space or a newsroom. And so the advantage that Charlotte had was she knew, even before she knew she was learning, how to navigate business as a leader. And I had to learn that along the way. And there were many missteps, many, 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 many missteps. Mm. Um, and, and so I think about young leaders, future leaders today, and how do they glean that information? And those internships are important, but I think it's so important to get a good mentor who you can hang around and just have conversations with. And you'll be surprised how much you pick up on. Who have been your mentors, Brenda? Oh, my goodness. I've had many through the years, quite uh -huh. honestly, and still have mentors around me, although I don't call them necessarily mentors, but they <laughs> certainly are pouring into me. Yes. Uh, at all times, it was Ed Bradley, who, who once said he was in the newsroom. I was in uh, Washington, D.C. at the time, working as, as a writer. And he said, at the point when you stop growing and learning is a point when you begin to fail. And so mm -hmm. that put in me a, a push and an insatiable desire to, to better my best, you know, mm -hmm. always strive to be better. So after a show, I would sit down and look at my air check and, and study and critique and, and, and apply what I learned from my, 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 my show. Uh, so his words were instrumental. Um, so, you know, I certainly looked to Charlotte, I, I, although she wouldn't consider me a mentee, um, mm -hmm. but just in the moments that I've been able to sit with her and um, with the, judges for the Cowboys. I'm learning, I'm growing. Um, there was a woman in Los Angeles who I worked for. She was the executive producer. And I was so impressed with her because one, she was one of few women that I had ever seen in news management. Um, Daryl mm -hmm. Ford, another woman that I saw in news management through the years. And I, I just gravitated to them and really admired their strength and the way they carry themselves in a male dominated industry. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of my swag, if you, my swagger, if you will, <laughs> um, comes from the way they handle themselves. Uh, again, of course, I've had many missteps along the way. Um, but, you know, I love the scripture 
that that all things work together for the good of those who are called according, you know, to the purpose, who love the Lord and are called according to their purpose. So all things, all of my blunders and my missteps have worked together for me to be better. You know, it's how we respond to those missteps that makes all the difference in the world. So in that response, and I, and I think about this, if you were sitting across the desk from a young you, not a younger you, Brenda, yeah. not, a, not a young you, <laughs> a younger you. Thank you. Let's, let's say that 22-year-old college graduate who is, um, I, I used to describe myself as fearless mm-hmm. <laughs> before I knew some of the things mm-hmm. I, I should be afraid of. And I, sometimes when I sit and think, I think, okay, don't say the things out loud that would be discouraging. Say the things that would be encouraging with some, you know, how do you, how do you help prepare them? So, so how would you help prepare that young professional sitting across from you? Well, one, I would tell her, don't sell your Disney stock. (laughs) 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 The station I worked I did. I did. I would say that for sure. Goodness. Or why Um, didn't, why didn't we buy Apple stock? Microsoft. Right. Yeah. Why didn't we do, why didn't we do that early on? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think I was so busy looking and planning for the next thing that I didn't appreciate what I had. mm -hmm. And so I would say to the younger Brenda, um, just don't be afraid to, um, ah, gosh, don't be so driven in your career that you miss the joy and the opportunities that today brings. Mm. I think, yeah, if I could rewrite my story, I would linger a little bit longer and learn a little bit deeper at some of the places where the Lord has allowed me to, to walk. I think sometimes as you get older, certainly I have gotten older, um, you yearn for more moments that you can just make the moment last just a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is true. You, you don't always appreciate that uh, when, you're, when you're running that race really early on. I know you have, um, I saw you have three sons. I, I have four sons. Um, and so um, how, I know you've been doing a career and working and and lots of entrepreneurial type things also. Tell us how you uh, made that all work. Because I know that's always the question I get was, Marcel, and I have five children actually, a, a daughter on the end. How did you, how did you make these things? What did you do? Interesting. Yeah, interesting. How did we do it? And how did we because do it? I couldn't do, dupl- I couldn't duplicate it. I don't but, know how I did it. Do you know how you did it? No. <laughs> we just do. Don't we? We, yes. we get up in the morning and we, we've got our list of things to get through and we do them and we, 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 we managed to get to the bed that night to get up and do it the next day. I don't know, Marcel, but I don't, are you like me where you're probably much more organized than, than I ever was. God bless my children. They, they managed to make their way home. And there were many times when they called and I was at my desk and they're like, mom, it's, it's five o'clock. 
<laughs> like, I'm on my way. They got out of school three hours earlier, right? I'm on my way. <laughs> put us out of after school care mom what <laughs> so, it's like it's over um but yeah i honestly um i i don't know that i i did it well but my kids managed to be fed and you know got you know good grades in school maybe despite me <laughs> not necessarily because Oh, of me. But what about your kids? I know mine have a very strong work ethic. What about yours? They've seen me work. You know, it's it's a mirror. You're right. They've seen me work. Sometimes when I watch them work these days, I think maybe I shouldn't have taught that lesson so well. <laughs> oh my God. The same yeah. thought I had, Marcel, for yeah. sure. For uh -huh. sure. And now I'm trying to teach them about work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. as I'm trying to learn work-life balance. <laughs> How are but you I, doing with that one? Brenda? Oh my goodness. We'll have to have coffee over that one, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And so tell me, you've got the four boys and the one girl. That had to be a challenge. Do you know, Brenda, um, I think it all has to do with getting up every day and doing it one more day. Yeah. But I also think, and and I, when I look at your life, you you had to be as I was um, intentional. Yes. Um, you had to be, um, intentional with everything you did, with the time you spent with them, with the, with the things you required of them, of, yeah. of not always getting to be their friend, but having mm -hmm. to be their mom. Uh, you, you know, it's, it's a blessing if, you get to do a little bit of both, but mm -hmm. the truth is you got to be their mother all the time. Yeah. So it's, you know, to me, it's, it's really difficult and so many mistakes. As I um, said, my daughter's much younger than my youngest son. And I made, I just made a whole new set of mistakes. I didn't make <laughs> the same ones. I just made a whole new set of yeah. them. Yeah. When, Brenda, when you look back on what you've done, um, how, did, how did you make some of the opportunities happen? I love what yeah. you said about your mom, uh, just do good and you won't be able to be denied. Right. Um, how, how did you make some, I mean, I know young women and men actually that want to be in journalism, want to be in broadcasting yeah. and they just can't make it. How, how did you break down that door and get through? Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, I'm going to go back to a couple of things, too, because we were talking about our kids and, I, you right. know, me being the, the boy mom, too. Love being a boy mom. I, and I have yeah. to wait for them to get married one day to have daughters. Uh, <laughs> but, but in that, I always told them, listen, my job is to go to work. And because I was a single mom for the last 10 years, you know, I divorced when my oldest son was 12. And the twins are four years younger than him. So, uh, yeah, they, they saw, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm veering off the road here, but okay. I, I took them on a Disney cruise and one of my twins got <laughs> called up to the stage and, um, they say, they said, well, you know, if you could have anything, what would you want? And my son says for my mom, not have to not have to work all night long. <laughs> and, oh my gosh. That was a sobering moment. I'm like, Here's Oh, the dagger. 
Oh, yes, yes. And so, um, all right. But I always told them, listen, again, my job is to go to work and your job is to get good grades. And also oh. in the moment, I was, I was either focused on work or I was focused on them. You know what I mean? So because we had limited time, it was important to be intentional about hearing them, listening to them. But I had to learn that. And even my, I remember one time my son says, you know, and here I am multitasking in the car, picking him up from carpool on the phone. He says, you know, mom, you can choose to slow down whenever you're ready. (laughs) Wow. That's true. Okay. (laughs) So I, I parented learning from them as much as I was trying mm-hmm. to teach them. So that was that season in my life. And, and now we're in, entering a different season. All the boys are, mm-hmm. one is getting ready to graduate college. The others are just entering. Uh, now, we were talking about, now where were we, Marcel? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I jumped off on something else. Right. Um, I did. Let me ask one follow up question, because I think you're the first person that has had twins, much less twin boys. Um, Was that did that double your uh, insanity? um, You know, (laughs) yes, you've noticed (laughs) than most of us. Yes. You know, I learned to laugh a lot. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) thankful. I I think that the twins were God's way of humbling me because I thought that I was all that in a bag of chips, you know, as they say, after the single one, (laughs) singleton, like, okay, he's doing all these great things. And, and I'm like, okay, yeah. And so you have two at a time and yeah, you're just humbled and you're at their (laughs) mercy, but you just can't let them know (laughs) you're at their mercy. I was like, let me just keep a straight face here. And how quick did you go back into the workforce full-time with twins? Let's see. How long do they give you for maternity leave? <laughs> well, it depends <laughs> on what year it is. But yeah. it's 12 weeks. Uh, the time. I, six to 12. In my day, it was only six weeks that you got off. But, you know, these days it's more like 12. Yeah, I think I was in that six-week phase. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't there. For, I wasn't home for very long. and went straight back to work. Uh-huh. Um, and... It, you know, and part of the time I was working overnights uh, where I had to be at the station at, you know, three, four o'clock in the morning. Um, And then I would get off work, take a nap in the in the school parking lot, you know, while waiting for my oldest to be released from school and so that I could be fresh (laughs) work for him. It was crazy times. But but we made it. We made it. And and they're all doing great. Um, Wow. Yeah. And so again, my, the example for them was, oh, that's what it was. Uh, How did I break through and manage to get into into the business where so many people, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, have, have had difficulty. My father died when I was seven Mm -hmm. and I'm one of five. And so I saw my mom take over his genitorial business and and, and, and we were wild kids. I mean, wild. <laughs> um, and I saw her doing this very difficult work without complaining. I know she was tired. I'm getting mm-hmm. teary eyed thinking about the strength that she displayed for me mm-hmm. every day. And it meant so much to her. I mean, in fact, she 
I'm telling you way too much of my life now, right? Uh, she, she chose not to put a headstone on my father's grave so she could put aside money for me and my younger sister to get a college education because my father did not have a high school diploma. Mm-hmm. And so it was his dream that she saw fulfilled. And, um, and so, so to turn back, to not succeed was not an option, mm-hmm. you know? So I, it, it was my greatest heart desire to not only make my mom proud, but also to make my father proud mm-hmm. who had already, you know, gone on. Uh, to to be with the Lord. So, yeah. So I think it was just maybe the difference for me opposed to anyone else was just that grit and that desire. But I will also say that about any person that you see make it. You can take these young kids sometimes who come from very difficult situations and there's no reason for them to have found success, but for their heart you know, that determination to win. Because if you don't, what's the option? When I was a single mom raising these kids, failure was not an option. So let's go (laughs) every day. Let's get up. Let's go. And, um, you know, one door closes, you thank God for it and you find the next open door. Let's go. (laughs) So I don't know know if that is way too much information, but. Oh, no, that's, that's wonderful. You know, tell me what is, has there been a failure that you just couldn't get beyond that? You just couldn't, you couldn't write all the wrongs. You couldn't, you just couldn't get it. The success on the other side. Yeah. That goes into my forgiveness category. Um, and learning how to forgive myself for those things that I was not able to make work. Um, and then understanding that everything is not supposed to work. If you had a superpower, right. And you could see into the future, you would know, Hey, that's, that's not for you anyway. Stop (laughs) knocking on that door. Don't see it as a failure. Um, and, and, Put your energy into something else. I tell you, I've had so many closed doors, but those closed doors have led me to mm-hmm. my passion. And mm-hmm. my, my passion being pouring into other people um, with my podcast, Walk With Me. And, and the me is more than enough because on my journey, I discovered that I have more than enough to be all that God created me to be. And mm-hmm. I want other women to discover that they too have more than enough. And, and so thank you for the closed doors. Thank you for the disappointments because it helped me find my passion. And I was going to ask you to talk a little bit about uh, with your podcast and with your focus with Walk With Me, um, what, what I guess experiences has it led to you uh, with others? Oh, girlfriend, (laughs) (laughs) you you know, it's, it really, you know, when you're creating a podcast, it's who is the person that you're talking to? Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And, and so I'm really wrestling with, okay, who am I talking to? I had all these ideas in my head for what I wanted to do. (laughs) And I, and so, but who is, who is, what's that image look like? And I'm like, well, I'm talking to myself Um, (laughs) because, because, oh my gosh, I stood on the sideline for so long feeling like I was not good enough that I mean, divorce will really do a number on you. Right. (laughs) So that rejection thing is tough. And, um, and so for years, I, again, did, didn't realize I was being controlled by those negative, defeated Mm. thoughts. And, and so, gosh, it is exciting to connect with another woman, uh, Mm. or anybody for that matter, who has been stuck in that place too, and to Mm. help them break free as I am still breaking free in different areas where I'm like, oh, you know, there was kind of that residue in another area of my life that, that I didn't quite notice. So I'm still single. And, okay. uh, and maybe that's, yeah. I think where some of that residue still is. I'm like, no, no, no. I've been there, done that. <laughs> oh, <goodness. laughs> so, so I'm waiting to come full circle on that part. But we, we sometimes don't go for and fully pursue our dreams because there's a little voice in our head telling us what we can't do and what we aren't. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of courage um, and embracing and repeating what's true until it's your new norm. Mm-hmm. You know, embracing and repeating what is true until it's your new norm and go for it. Just go. <laughs> um, but here I am. I, when I started off with my little me, you know, mission, I still wasn't fully going forward. I was still bound by my fears Mm. and negative Mm. thoughts. And so I'm like, well, how am I going to really fully tell other women to to be all that they were created to be? And they've got more than enough if I really wasn't believing that for myself. Mm. And, And so it, as I have allowed myself to be available to connect with others, it's doing me so much good at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you're getting back more than you. Um, two to one, I always say. That um, right there. With them, two to one. Yes, that right there. It's yeah. a good return, isn't it? It's a, it's a great return. Mm-hmm. Uh, We're always talking about the ROI. <laughs> there right. you go. There's your bottom line oh, ROI. I noticed and and I will say this, he doesn't know me, but I noticed that you attend Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship Church. Um, and I know Tony Evans is the pastor there who um, is just one of my favorite walk on this earth preacher teachers. Um, and I, I wonder how that connection um, has helped you, grounded you? I I rarely ask this kind of question, but I just, when I saw that, I just couldn't help. I live too far away um, to be able to attend that church, but to, I I know that he has much, much wisdom. How does that help you do what you do or does it? Oh my goodness. Yes, it does. (laughs) Absolutely. And Marcel, I'll tell you that we are now online so you can watch our live stream anytime we're on YouTube. Um, So (laughs) I I would love for you to join us online or in person anytime. Right. Um, Yeah. The, the teaching that he has, let me just boast about 
uh, Pastor Evans for just a moment. When my marriage was ending, first of all, he in- embraced me and 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 my former husband. Um, and he says, "Come on, let's work this thing out." You know, because God loves uh-huh. marriage and family. Uh, uh-huh. And when it was very clear that it wasn't going to work, he says, "Okay, Brendan, now you come under the covering of the church." And through the years when I've had difficulty with any of my sons, he never hesitated to take the time to say, bring them over, put them Uh on the phone. Um, And so he has truly been a pastor. He connected me with another woman at the church. Her name is Pat Noble, still a treasured friend. And so when I was ready to jump off a ledge, you know, during some of those years, (laughs) some moments, she talked me through. And so, and she always talked me through with the biblical foundation that, and and I say now to many people that I am not the, I I look back at the woman that I was and I don't like her so much. I like the woman I've become, (laughs) but, but I had to walk this journey Uh and, um, but it's because of the support from the church and friends uh, that I have been, that I've become, uh, this woman I am today, thrilled with the opportunity to pour into others, um, as others have poured into me. Mm -hmm. And because I want others, other women in particular, uh, to, to know how amazingly beautiful and talented and gifted they are. Amen. That is the message we should be sending uh, to our young, our young women that are just starting out, that are just starting out. You know, I, Brenda, I always like to end my hour or my 45 minutes or so with uh, what are your favorite books? Um, I love books. I, I am a book addict. Um, I love anything to read. And I know doing the work that you've done, you you must love that also. Yeah, I I tend to read biographies and leadership books and a leadership book that I read years ago. uh, And I I still has an impression on me and that I've helped raise my kids with uh, is now discover your strengths. And I love that strengths finders test. The whole idea is that sometimes sitting around the dinner table, you're talking to the kids and the, the kid may have brought home, you know, a, a report card with four A's and one C. And the conversation centers around the C and not the four A's. Yeah. And what is true is that it's easier for us to build on our strengths than it is to improve on our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. want to focus on your strengths instead of being inhibited by uh trying to improve on your weakness. You want to contain your weakness, but the difference maker is how much farther could you possibly take your strengths? And there is a line in that book that says, it's hard to see the picture when you're the one in the frame. (laughs) Yes. Everybody else can come to you and say, oh, Marcel, you're so amazing. You're this, you're that. And you're (laughs) like, how did you do it with five kids? And you're like, (laughs) whatever. Right. So, we are amazing, and and but because it's our norm, we minimize it, and we think it's no big deal. But nobody can do what you do like you do, you know, um, or or me. And so, yeah, it's hard to see the picture when you're the one in the frame, but everybody else sits back and says, "Oh wow, she's she's remarkable." Um, recently. 
becoming and uh by michelle obama our former first lady I have not read that, but I heard it was very good. You know, I really enjoyed it because we actually traveled some of the same ground. I'm like, wow, we there's a lot in common, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. So, yeah, but I like the idea of becoming because we are all mm-hmm. on that road to becoming mm-hmm. what we were created to be. And from my meager start in Los Angeles, California, what's now known as South Central and and yours, wherever you began. And through our journey as parents and in our career, we are becoming something more, something better. You know, again, as I look back on who I was 10 years ago and who I am today and still becoming, um, Mm -hmm. that's why that book just kind of has a sweet place that you know, we're all on a journey, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I go back to the quote, you know, at the point when you stop learning and growing is the part when you start failing. So we just keep trying to do a little bit better, you know, every day every from the day. lessons we learned yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that's so true. Well, I, my time has been so uh, blessed uh, with you this morning, Brenda, um, it's just been great to learn learn about your journey. And my favorite quote from your mother, um, when you were the weather anchor, that she believed in me so you could go back, so you could go back in another day. Uh, that is what a gift to give to your daughter and what a gift to give to us to remind us um, we just need to believe in others. So maybe sometimes when they don't believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just want to thank you. Uh, thank you for your moments. And I know our audience uh, with 50% with Marcel Combs is going to be so blessed with your time today. Thank you, Marcel. Okay. Thank you, Brenda. Take care. Enjoy that beach. <laughs> <laughs>